Praise God. Let's get into the message. Got a word for you today. If you have your Bibles or your Bible apps on your phone, uh, get them out and uh, go to Psalm 2. Psalms is right in the middle of the Bible, if you're not familiar. Very close to the middle, a little bit to the left. Psalm chapter 2. And I had this stirring in me for some time, a number of weeks, and I started it last week. So if you didn't get last week's message, you know, I guess you could probably, if you're climbing up the stairs, I guess you could go skip one step, maybe. Be better if you'd hit that first step, though. Yeah? Because if I go a couple more weeks, pretty soon it's going to be too tall to take in one step. Yeah? So you have to get it all. Let's read the Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord will hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. And uh, so this is, this is what's going on uh, in the earth today. Okay, uh, I explained to you last time about, about how people come against the Lord and really against his anointed, and that could be extended beyond Jesus, even, even to us, his church, and people come against, and this is one of the reasons they do, is they, they misinterpret God, they misinterpret his people. They have a, a, a perverse understanding, and so uh, that's what it's saying here. They call God's ways bondage. The one who liberated us, they say, oh, no, that's bondage. That's like a cord around me. Listen to the New International. No, uh, not uh, the New Living. Verse 3, let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. What? You want to get free from being a slave to God? You do not understand what this is all about. Okay. It's the other guy you don't want to be a slave to. It's the other dude who's going to wring your neck and slap you around and knock you down and step on you, right? The Lord is not that way. If you could be a slave of God, you want that, yeah? The Message Bible reads this way, let's get free of God. Free of God? You don't want to be free of God, but some people think they do. They think, if I'm close to the Lord, oh, that's a bad life. That's a hard life. That's so restrictive, such bondage. In reality, they're not seeing him clearly. They're not seeing his anointed ones clearly because the opposite is true. Nevertheless, uh, if the world is going to call God's ways bondage, then they just are, okay? What do I mean? I mean, so be it. I'm not going to change the message. I'm not going to alter his ways so that everybody will like it, all right? We need to stay with a pure, unadulterated, unfiltered message of God's ways, right? Uh, Have you ever ordered an orange juice at a restaurant and you started to drink it and thought, this is half water, you know, or, or if they made it from concentrate, they got the mixture wrong. And, and you had a watered-down orange juice, and you found out, man, I paid four bucks for this orange juice. This is a dollar orange juice and three bucks worth of water, you know. 
It's like, that's watered down. I don't like that. Don't mess with my orange juice. That's a hard burden to bear in life. When someone gets in your orange juice and waters it down, we understand suffering, don't we? Come on. <laughs> see, see, you don't want that watered down, nor do we want the gospel, the word of the Lord, or the righteous standards of God to be minimized in any way. Yes, if you do that, some people will be less angry. They'll, they'll be less violent. They'll be less uh, attacking. But that same watered-down message will also produce, produce less results from the positive side, less true life change, less salvation. And so if we seek just to appease the masses, we want everybody to love us, then we will never change a life. Then God's word, his potent, constant orange juice concentrate, <laughs> it will never be there to radically change a life. And so I want to risk the outrage, risk the attack for the sake of the life that will be changed. Everybody with me on this? Okay, if you seek just a, uh, you know, middle of the road, uh, no strength in it kind of message, well, that's not gonna change anybody. I, I don't wanna be that. I, my prayer is that your heart does not want that, that you want an extreme gospel. I don't mean out of, I don't mean extreme in the sense of heresy. I mean extreme in the sense of potency. It's a strong message. It's unwavering. It's unbending. It does take a true heartfelt commitment to live it and to walk with God, but it's that kind of message, all right? If we have that kind, then God will work, and we're not being watered down and caving to the world. This is a, a stand strong type of word, okay? Now, uh, even though the response sometimes is negative, we're not to cower, but we're supposed to do what the Lord did here. You know, you see, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. When people say, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna defeat the church, we're gonna defeat God, he's chuckling at that. When, when you have thoughts, if the enemy, I mean, meaning the, the enemy, the devil through thoughts, the different things, attacks you and says, you're going down, you're not gonna make it, you're not gonna succeed, you're gonna fail, what should, you, should be your response to that? Should it be panic? <gasps> you hear what the devil said? <laughs> no, we should laugh at that. Say, you gotta be kidding me. You said that out loud. <laughs> no, we're laughing. Laughter can be an expression of faith, a confidence in knowing who we are, who we belong to, what we can do, what we stand for. And so that should be our response uh, to anything that would attack us as well. All right? Now, let me direct you to another passage. It's Isaiah chapter 59. All right, I want to give you a couple of these to look at with your own eyes and your own uh, Bibles there. Isaiah 59, it's a right turn there, not too far away. And this is another popular verse among Christians anyway. And many of us are that, right? I plead guilty. Isaiah 59, verse 19, it reads, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun or from the east, so east, west, just like the world is, people talk about the eastern nations today in the west, we're in the west, right? Uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, 
the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him, against the enemy. Amen. Now, literally, this passage will be fulfilled in the day that the Antichrist and all the nations come into Palestine to, in, a, in an effort to destroy the Jews and stop the Lord, stop the Christ from setting up his kingdom in Jerusalem. Okay, you've heard of the Battle of Armageddon. All right, that's not a, just a movie, that's a Bible thing. Okay, uh, so in a literal fulfillment, that's how it will come to pass. Nevertheless, by way of application, and that's the way I read the word. I want to know what's going to happen, that kind of stuff. I also want to know how does this apply to my life. By way of application, there are some powerful things in this verse concerning us. Now think about it. Many statements in the word of God are true that are speaking directly of Jesus, but they're also true of us. All right. He is the Christ, right? We, how many know when you get saved, you are now in Christ? One of the ways to study the scripture is to find all the verses that say in Christ or in him or through him or by him, because once you're saved, you know that's talking about me. Amen. Anything said that about in Christ, that's you now as a Christian, okay? So that's true about him. In fact, Christ, and then what we are, many of us are referred to as Christians, right? Christians or Christians. What's true about him is true about us. Christ means the anointed one. Jesus is the anointed one. Well, what are Christians? One way to describe the believer is to say they are anointed ones. He's the anointed one. We are anointed ones. In other words, the same spirit that was on Jesus is on the believer today. Not a different spirit, not something watered, watered down again, not something less than but the same power, same spirit, same anointing makes us look like him, right? Uh, and so we can see that in many places. This passage, if you read the verses ahead, ahead of the one we read in verse 19, you will see Jesus putting on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Ephesians chapter 6 tells the, the believer to put on the whole armor of God, including the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. So is he putting that on? Do we put that on? Yeah. You know, Jesus is called the light of the world. And guess what? So are we. We are called the light of the world. And so there's a lot of crossover similarity when we see Jesus and what he uh, is called and what he does. We are often able to say, that's who I am. That's what I'm supposed to do. We're not saying we are Jesus, but same spirit, same life in us. And so that is a reflection of us. Now, when it comes to this passage then, the enemy comes in like a flood. Yes, that's a future event, but it's also a description of how he tries to overwhelm people today. He comes in, what do you mean like a flood? Well, that's more than a squirt gun, right? He's coming in strong to try to overwhelm and flood you, knock you down. What's the response? The Lord raises up a standard. In other words, the idea there is that it's more than enough. 
God is always sufficient to the task. Nothing ever comes against you that God is not greater than. All right, he, his healing is greater than any sickness or disease. His provision is more encompassing than any lack, any financial need or lack than we ever have, right? He, the blood of Jesus is more powerful than any sin we have ever committed. Yeah, he is able to make you stand. He is able to take the weakest and make them the strongest. He is able to take you from the guttermost to the uttermost. Yeah, he turn your life around and set your feet on solid ground. He is the great I am who lives big in us, enabling us to do what we could never do on our own. With script, Paul wrote it this way. He said, when, when sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So this is the... This is the thing we're involved in. This is the team we're on. This is the plan that God put us a part of. It's pretty cool because we're not going to lose. It's pretty cool because we are never going to run out of resources and strength and wisdom. God is almighty. When you're almighty, that's not some mighty. That's almighty. And he lives big in me. He's the greater one. He lives in you. And so this is how this works. But I want you to see, again, in application, in this future event, the Lord is going to raise up this standard against the enemy in the end and so forth. But right now, he still raises up a standard against the enemy. And what does that mean? See, we have been authorized to stand in his name. One of, the thing, one of the errors sometimes Christians make is when they are overwhelmed, the flood, overwhelmed with problems and things, they always, they are taught to ask the Lord and call on Him to make it go away. Lord, remove this obstacle, remove this bondage, this hardship, this trial and test from my life. And it sounds good, except in this covenant, he has turned over the right and the responsibility to push back on the enemy's plans to the church. And not everything that comes against me am I supposed to say, Lord, help. I'm supposed to say, devil, stop. I'm supposed to use his word and, and, and use the name of the Lord Jesus and push back on the enemy's plans. And I am supposed to say, absolutely not. You see how this works? Uh, the enemy comes in like a flood, and the Lord raises, raises me up as a standard against him. The enemy comes in strong, and the Lord raises his people up. Have you ever noticed that God seems to use people when he wants something done in the earth? It's not we sit back and, and we pray, Lord, just do it, and we're going to sit back and kick back and just watch the movie. No, we say, Lord, do it, help. And, and that's a fine prayer, but then he's gonna speak to a person. He's gonna call an individual. He's gonna move on your heart. He's gonna put a gift in you. He's gonna put his spirit upon you. And then you're gonna rise up and do something. And, and when it's all said and done, we're gonna say God did it, but really it was God in us that did it. And so when the Lord is raising up a standard, by the way, that's you. When the enemy's coming in strong, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? We're gonna stand up. You are, I am, we're going to be strong, we won't back down, we're going to believe that the greater one lives in us, and that God is able in us and through us to overwhelm any opposition that comes our way. And that's why he can sit back and laugh at the mocking, and we can join him. 
Everybody with me today? We are the standard of the Lord in the earth today. God will ultimately enforce victory over darkness. That'll be the final act. That will be done. In the meantime, we are the present day enforcers of Jesus' victory. Because of that, the church must rise up. We're not waiting. We're not putting it off. But now the Spirit of the Lord is working today, working in His church and His body, causing them to rise up and be stronger than they have ever been before, causing individuals to step out and do things that they never thought would be possible, enabling them to be something they never saw themselves being. But God is working in and through His people. And our job is to recognize it and respond it and say, sign me up. I am your standard in the earth today. Praise God. Let me talk to you about uh, God's standards for a moment, all right? The reason that we live a certain way, the reason we think a certain way, the reason we aspire to conduct ourselves according to certain uh, standards is because of the way God is. You see, when a person is born again, another way to say born again is born from above. We are born of God. What's in him gets in us. His, it's almost like from the physical standpoint, we call that DNA, but from a spiritual standpoint, whatever that would be, spiritual DNA, he gets in us, right? And then so we are like him. We are a certain way. We're created, designed to be a certain way, to think a certain way. The reason Christians are to live uh, by a certain standard or code, it's just because it's, it's our family, in other words, I don't think if, if we were to say, God wants you to walk the line, he wants you to walk in a straight line. Well, why does he want me to walk in the straight line? Just so he can sit up there and say, hey, look, I got my people all lined up. <laughs> Isn't it cool how they march and they're all straight? Why does he want me to do something? Why would he want you to do anything? This is not about just conformity to some, uh, some standard that doesn't mean anything. I want to live according to his plan, because that's who he is. Let me, say it a bit, let me say it a different way. God is love, so I should love. God is light. God is truth, so I shouldn't lie. So why don't, why don't you want to lie? Because the devil's a liar, I'm not in his family. The devil's not my dad. I want to be like my dad. My dad tells the truth. He's a God of light and love and truth, so I'm going to be a truth teller, Right? Why don't you steal? Because my God is not a thief. Again, that's the other dude. The, the, the devil's a thief. My father's not a thief. So why would I be a thief? So you can see it as, as, well, I'm just obeying the commandments. Or you can see it in a little better way, I think. And that is, I'm endeavor, I'm just want to be like my father. He's the one who loved me and saved me. And, and, and that's how I am. It's kind of like families sometimes have certain ways that they are, all right? Sometimes kids will come to the parent and say, you know, may I do such and such? Or if their English is bad, they'll say, can I? Uh, can I do such and such? And, and we'll say, the parents will say, well, no, you can't go there. You can't do that. Well, why? So-and-so, they're going. Their parents let them go. Anybody ever relate to that? It's like, they said, they can go and it's fine with them. And, and usually a parent will respond, well, you're not them. 
they're not me. I'm not responsible for their child. I'm responsible for you. And by the way, that is just something that we don't do. Other people may do that, and maybe it's fine. And we don't have to have an opinion, a strong opinion about what someone else does. We just need to know that this is the way we act in our family. Sometimes we'll say it, we'll use the last name, right? I would say, uh, well, the Boer family doesn't act that way. You were behaving this way, and that's going to stop because we don't do that. Not in our family. Our family, we act like this. We go to these places. We don't go to those places. Well, what's wrong with that place? Doesn't matter. We just don't go there. Right? And so you may not want to have the deeper discussion. You, you attribute it to who you are. And in like fashion, uh, if we're in the God family, why are there certain behaviors we don't participate in? Well, because our family just doesn't do that. Now, you can do that if you want, and you can go there and talk like that and believe that and say these things, and, and you can wear that. And, <laughs> but in the God family, we do this. This is the way we are. Why are you like that? Well, because that's just our family. That's who we are. Well, we were... Uh, last year, um, we had, I think it was last year, uh, a guest in our church. I think it was, was it February? Uh, uh, John Housing was here. And John is a pastor and was a pastor. He's doing other things now, but he's a, he's, he lives in Canada, but his origin is from uh, Holland. And our, my family background is, is from Holland. I never lived there. My parents never lived there, but it goes back a few generations. Everyone's from Holland on both sides. And so uh, John actually lived there and grew up there and then migrated to Canada. And, and he said uh, to me, uh, after having been here, and we had no, we've known him for a number of years, but he said to me, he said, he said, I, I can see some things in you that are Dutch. Not not my looks, but how I behave, mannerisms, and and if you were to ask me what they were, I wouldn't even know because I don't intentionally try to do that. But him coming out of that culture directly, he could see uh, things in me that were like that culture, and I'm still curious, like what are they? you know, hopefully they're good, you know, uh, but he could see that. Why? It, it, that's, the, that's where I'm from. It gets, it gets in me. That's the way God wants to be in our lives, okay? That because we are from him, of him, we conduct ourselves a certain way. You, you might know this verse, okay? Popular verse, Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, shall be added to you. Okay, we're talking about the ways of God. We're, we're talking about God's standards. Frequently, in teaching this verse, I have many times focused on seek first the kingdom of God. But think about the second word. Seek first his righteousness. Seek first his righteousness. Now, what, what does that mean? Now, righteousness, when you get saved, it gets imparted to you. And you, 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 you enjoy right standing with God. So we often will say, if you're righteous, you have right standing with God. You're right with God. Okay, that's true. So it's your position. It's your place. It's your legal standing with God. But then also, God's righteousness it is also played out in our manner of life. So I can have a right standing 
And then I can have a right way of living. God's righteousness is God's right ways. It's the way that he is or manner of living. His his righteousness is revealed in his character. I'm talking about his love and his faithfulness and his holiness and his truthfulness and his love and mercy and compassion. It's also revealed in his power and his great authority. That's the righteousness of God. And then if I seek first his righteousness, then I'm saying, okay, the ways that God are, those characteristics, that's what I seek to reflect in my own life. The more I learn about him, the more I learn about myself. Because if I've been born into his family, then I'm of that. Again, kind of like in the natural, how people uh, in the last number of years have kind of gotten into this thing about they get their blood tested and they try to find out where their ancestors come from. You know, I'm half this and half this and three-fourths this and a mixture over here and these are, this is where I come from. Okay, uh, and that's fine. Uh, and sometimes you see different characteristics, yada, yada, yada. I want to know where I come from, where I really came from. I'm talking about in Christ. And so I need to learn about him, his ways, his thoughts, how he thinks, how he behaves, because that's who I am. That is what's in me. The more I can see it, the more it can be reflected in my own life in how I live. Amen? Okay, now let me show you another place. Uh, Isaiah 55 is just two pages away. One page away. If you've got a Bible like mine. And I want to ask you, do you identify more with God's righteous ways or with sinfulness? Okay, here, here's the way I want you to think about it. I, I've broken out my high-level visuals today. All right, here they are. This is God, and this is sinfulness or unrighteousness, wicked ways. Okay, God and everything else. Do, would you see yourself more like this, tight with the Lord, you think like him, you act like him, you're on his side, or would you see yourself like this? There's God, and God's awesome, and his ways are holy and pure and perfect and wonderful, and then there's me. I'm kind of in the way. I'm kind of a problem. I'm kind of just a constant opposite of God. Amen. Let let that sink in for a moment. How do you see yourself? Which would you describe yourself as? Tight with him, you're like him, you think like him, or you're the opposite. I don't know about you, but when I made Jesus the Lord of my life, I didn't pray and say, Jesus, I make you my Lord and my Savior, but I'm going to keep doing things my way, and I'm going to maintain my way of thinking, and and I'm going to be opposite of you, but I want to make you my, my Lord and Savior. I don't know anyone who does that. When someone receives the Lord, they're saying, I'm walking away from that. I'm walking away, I'm turning my back on, that's the old me, I'm taking on a new me. I'm joining a new team. I'm done with the losing side, I'm joining the victory side with the Lord. 
So we do that, but then people often revert in their thinking and they see themselves as that. And there's God and there's us. And they pray from that position. Oh Lord, help me over here. I'm such a rascal. Good for nothing. Stop it. Where are you? I thought you joined that team. And there's this verse. This is a very popular verse as far as quotation in Isaiah 55. Let me read it. Eight and nine, two verses. It reads, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways uh, higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now, wait a minute. That a little bit sounds like the opposite of my fantastic illustration. Sorry, a self, little self. <laughs> that sounds a little bit like God over here and then us and wickedness and unrighteous ways over there. Doesn't it kind of sound like that? And in fact, many Christians will quote that verse and they'll look at their own life and they'll describe themselves and say, oh, but his ways, that's preacher voice. His ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, right? Right? And they identify with that. They think of themselves as being over there. I thought you got saved. I thought you switched teams. I thought you're, you, you thought you're with the Lord. Why are you talking about your, your ways being evil and wicked? Say, well, what about the verses? We read them. You read them. They say that. I know, but there's another verse right before it. Sometimes people quote, especially if you put it on social media and people just quote certain verses and they leave out all the other verses because it's too long and no one will read it. The danger there is missing the point. Verse seven, look at verse seven. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Whose ways are not the Lord's ways? the wicked, whose ways are not his, his, whose thoughts are not his thoughts? The unrighteous. What about if we have already returned to the Lord? If we have returned to the Lord, let's stop identifying with wicked ways and wicked thoughts. And if we ever have wicked ways or wicked thoughts, we should respond to ourselves and say, that's not me. I did that, you know, I'm taking responsibility, but that's not really who I am. I'm in the God family, and that's not how we behave, so I'm gonna get my act together. Yeah, because that's not who I am. I'm like him. I think like my father does. I act like he does. Amen. Now, if, you, if you're thinking different, say, well, yeah, I'd like to. I sure don't. It, it's a matter of a, adjustment inside. You start thinking this way. Yeah? In fact, you might auto. I know people are already doing this second service. Do this. Come on. Can you do this with me? Do you, anyone have high dexterity? <laughs> there you go. That's you and who's that? You and who? You and the devil? No, no. You and the Lord, the almighty one, the righteous one, the holy one. It's you and God. Come on. People have already been taking pictures of it and posting it on their social media. 
Who, who, what are you doing? What does that mean? That's just showing that the Lord and I are tight. We think alike. We act alike. I, I live my life a certain way uh, because it's in my DNA. It's in my spiritual DNA from God. Uh, he's in me. He's, his standards are my standards. In fact, I'm his standard in the earth today. I'm, who he, I'm one of the ones he uses to show the world what it's like to do things right. I, I am the light that he's using in a dark world. Boom, me right there, tight with the Lord. See yourself that way. Not, well, you know, well... The Lord is righteous, but then there's me and my ways, me and my thoughts. I know that's bad English, but, you know, that's the way we are. No, you're not. Not if you came to the Lord. Now, if you are over here for real, in a minute, we're done. In a minute, we're praying, and you can swap sides there and come on over with the Lord. Yeah? And then, from then on out, you say, well, God and I, you know, we, we think alike. We behave alike. Now, if someone may come to you and say, I saw you yesterday, you sure weren't acting like God. So I know that wasn't really me. That was dumb, but that wasn't really who I am. And if anyone ever tries to accuse you of, act, of acting like God, well, you just act just like God. You ought to thank them profusely. <laughs> oh, you are so kind. You're the nicest person. I've been, this is who I am. I am like him. His righteousness is in me. And it guides my way. It guides my thinking. Awesome. I'm starting to succeed. Praise God. Amen. If Paul wrote in Ephesians 5, he said, be imitators of God as dear children. Well, we can't. Some of my think, again, well, we can't imitate God. How in the world are we going to act like God being flesh, being faulty human beings? Then why was it written? There must be a spark of him within. There must be the, a, like a spiritual DNA in every child of God where we can imitate him, walk like him, talk like him. Come on now. We are his righteousness in the earth. We have adapted to his ways. The standard of God is called righteousness. Again, when we take a stand... We reveal God to the world. We do not need Christians without backbones. You know what I mean by that? Just caving to every opposition and, and every circumstance and every feeling and every, every concern. Stop it. Stop it. Remember what family, family you're in. Right? The Boer kids don't act that way. Watch. The God kids, the Christians don't act that way. What do you mean? I have this spirit on me. He is the spirit of life. He is the Holy Ghost. He is the spirit of victory and resurrection. He's on me. He's in me. He compels me to live a certain way. I see you forgive people even when they don't deserve it. I know. Isn't that amazing? I can't believe, it's almost like I can't believe I can do that. But I can. I can love unlovable people. Isn't that amazing? I mean, the old guy, he'd be trying to get them back, looking for ways to get revenge. But the new guy says, I forgive you. How do you do that? I don't know, it's like God's in me. It's like the, the God who is love lives in me and 
He's affecting my entire life and being. Amen? So, in the world, lots of confusion. Good, bad, evil, good. No one really knows what's right. All right? If you, when you come into the kingdom of God, you adapt to God's thoughts, you will call a spade a spade. You will say, this is true. This is the way it is. Now, if someone doesn't like it, we're not judgmental. We're not condemning, but we're also not bending. This is still true. I love you. You're wrong. I love you. I'll still be your friend, but you're wrong. I'm not bending for you. I'm not changing for you. Why? Lest I have weak orange juice. <laughs> and weak orange juice does not help anybody. Let me read a verse and then, we'll do, and then we're done. Uh, Hebrews 10, 38 and 39. It reads, now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Amen? Why don't you say this with me? Say, I am not of those who draw back. I will stand my ground, will stand strong in him. I will not waver or be deterred or be intimidated by anyone or anything or any pressure or opposition for the Lord is on my side and I'm on his side. His ways are my ways. His thoughts, I've adapted to them. We think alike. We are alike. We're on the same team. We're on the winning team. His righteous ways are who I am and how I live. And now I am an important part in his great plan for the last days because I represent him and his righteous ways. Amen, amen. <laughs> God is good. God is good. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for working in every person now.